Chapel podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We're so glad you're here. Before we get started, we want to remind you of the importance of being connected into a local church body. Podcasts are a gift from God, but are meant to be supplemental and not substitute or replace the gathering of the saints in worship in the Word. With that being said, we pray that this teaching would bless you, equip you, and encourage you in your walk with Christ. So I have the honor of speaking this week. Um, I think Jake still works here. I'm not sure. No, I'm kidding. Um, Jake's in Franklin at Grace Chapel preaching a, a couple of services over there. I'll get m- more into that later. But, man, it's my honor to share what the Lord's put on my heart this morning. Um, we're in a really cool season as a church, y'all. Um, for people that don't know, I mean, I see a couple of new faces. You know, we've been given this property that we're getting ready to go over to next week and take up an offering and do barbecue and baptisms and all that. And, you know, in this season, it has been really easy for me to focus on all the things that need to happen to, to lead up to this thing, all the, the stuff to check off. And so much so that I like, I forget to be like happy about it. You know, like this is a huge gift. It's a miracle y'all. And so as I was preparing to, to speak this morning, I just felt like the Lord was telling me to speak on joy. And specifically joy for the season we're in as a church, but also like what we're going to talk about this morning applies to any new territory you're going to take in your life. Um, So about, no, exactly 60 days ago, I remember this because it was Sophia's 10th birthday. We were at Dollywood, me and Crystal, just with Sophia. It was her special 10th birthday thing. We're standing in line to get on the mystery mine ride. Is that right? And, um... Jake calls me and I'm like, like any good friend, I totally ignored the call because I'm about to get on a roller coaster. <laughs> Why is he bugging me? He knows where I'm at. Um, and then he calls again. I'm like, what's this guy doing? And then Crystal gives me the wife look of like, Hey, answer it. I'm like, yes, ma'am. Um, <laughs> and so I answer it and I can hear just like right away, the excitement in Jake's voice, the joy in his voice. He's like, bro. You know, Jake, like he's like, bro. <laughs> and uh, I was like, what? Is something wrong? Did I do something? Like, and uh, you could hear the joy and just like, but also the shakiness of the weight of what he was about to share. And that was the phone call that he had just met with Pastor David. And he had, and Pastor David had told us that um, he's going to be giving us the property in the building. And so I got to experience, and I do recommend this sometime. If you ever get the chance to receive really amazing news and then immediately ride a roller coaster, like... That is sweet. I I was screaming louder than I've ever screamed, I think. Um, Anyway, so that's where we're at. And so I feel like the obvious thing for me to talk about this morning would have been money um, because we're getting ready to take up an offering, but I don't want to, so I'm not going to. Um, Also, the Lord said to speak on joy. And so, and actually when it comes to your money, because like, that is a very important part of what we're getting ready to walk into, and I'm not downplaying that at all. Go listen to Diane's message from last week about being a, a person of substance and giving from yourself. And she made it not about money, but if, you, if we're all being people of substance, if we're all giving of ourselves and wanting to minister to each other and to the Lord, man, the money's going to get taken care of. That's a small thing for the Lord. I'm just believing for that. So today, I want us to get excited about what we're getting to walk into as a church. 
It's a miracle, y'all. Just out of the blue, we have a building and land. Now, there's some challenges with that. The building doesn't fit us. Believe it or not, not judging by today, but you know, we have about 150 people, including the kids. And so this small chapel, it doesn't fit us. But I just heard the Lord clearly saying, I've only just begun. The miracle is just beginning. So I'm, call, I'm inviting you guys to get excited. Um, I'm excited. We're being invited into a great adventure as co-laborers with Christ. And with him, there's fullness of joy. I'm going to pray. Lord Jesus, we love you. I pray right now that you would just fill our hearts with joy. That you would get us excited, Lord, about what you're doing in our midst. That you would just pour into our hearts the dreams and visions of what you're going to do in the next season, Lord. God, show us where there's maybe some walls where we can't receive your joy, where there's just some stuff in the way. Lord, would you deal with that this morning? We just, we invite you, Jesus, in your name, amen. So where is our joy? Where do we find it? How do we get at that? Um, I'm gonna read Psalm 1611. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there's fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Let's read that one more time. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So that starts with revelation. You make known to me the path of life. We have to get a revelation first. And that only comes from Jesus. He will tell you the path. That's the beautiful thing about this. So he reveals the way. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. His presence equals fullness of joy. There's no other source. There's no other source. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. That, I take that as being on mission with him. At his right hand, we're going with him where he goes. And so when we have a revelation of where we're supposed to go with him, we sit in his presence we sit at his right hand and we go where he goes, we experience fullness of joy. First uh, Chronicles 16:27. this is the message translation. Um, Splendor and majesty flow out of him. Strength and joy fill his place. I love the way it says joy fills his place. Wherever he is, there in that place, there's fullness of joy. To sum up, all this so far, it's his presence is everything. And I could like stop this whole message right there and just, we could go home and like some of y'all probably wish I would. Um, but like, it's all about his presence. It's all about abiding. It's all about sitting at the feet. So I don't want to talk about anything else until we get that. Like we, we try to go after all this other stuff to receive joy and happiness and peace when it's right in front of us. We just sit. We just be in his place. That's where we find our joy. See, outside of his joy, there's fullness of stress, anxiety, depression, fill in the blank, pride, arrogance. In his presence, there's what? Man, y'all sound really excited about that. In his presence, there's what? Amen, amen. 
So I think as a church, as we're getting ready to go into this new land, I think one of the most joyful exercises we can have in just getting our hearts turned up for Jesus is to start dreaming about what he's going to do. We can let our, we, again, starts with sitting in his presence. We can let our dreams run wild. Let our sanctified imagination explode with the possibilities. What might God call you to personally? Where might he take us as a church? What is he going to do in that community as a result of this miracle? What is he going to do in that community that is lacking right now? See, here's the deal, guys. Like this whole joy thing, it's contagious. And so wherever we go with Jesus and we have that fullness of joy, man, a smile's contagious, right? Like I can't look at my wife smiling and not smile back. And we get to carry that. We get to carry that. And I, I don't know everything that that community needs right now. I have no idea. But I know we're being called into something that the Lord wants to do. This whole process has reminded me of like, being excited about this day and age, it all starts with Zillow. And like you go and you look at the pictures and you're like, ooh, yeah, nice. Ooh, I don't like that so much. But once you find a couple of houses that you love, that anticipation starts to build. You start to look at the rooms and you go, ooh, my couch can go there. Um, I can start to see where I would hang some photos. Like, ooh, the kitchen, I can start to imagine cooking there and inviting people over and doing all that. There is this level of excitement, but also this level of just unknown. Um, so that, that kind of, this process of dreaming big kind of reminds me of that. I wanna encourage us to dream big about what the Lord might do as he calls us into this new season. And I personally, guys, and I invite you into this too, I don't wanna be found guilty of asking too little. You know what I'm saying? Like he's a big, bold God. He can do anything. Why don't I just ask? Big answers sometimes require big prayers. Um, I got a quote from Jeremy Riddle here. We need dreamers who will partner with heaven and allow the dreams of God for their cities, regions, churches, industries, and enterprises to flow through them like never before. The dreams God has placed inside of us, listen to this, they operate like seeds of hope. When planted in the earth through wisdom, they grow and release his redemptive purposes. Isn't that good? So I have, to, I have to talk about dreaming a little bit here before we get to the next thing. And there's, there's sanctified dreams and there's unsanctified dreams. I'm just going to be real with y'all. Either your dreams are from God or they're not. And that might be like overly simplified because there is some like figuring it out that you have to do, but it's true. Either we're dreaming in his will or we're not. The question that we have to ask ourselves when starting this dream journey is where was this dream birthed from? Sanctified dreams will always be birthed out of intimacy with the Father, always. And a completely surrendered and unified connection to the Holy Spirit. Remember, the key is always staying in his presence. Unsanctified dreams are birthed out of a spirit of orphanhood, a lack of intimacy with God. They will stink of self-centered ambition that is disconnected from the heart and will of God. And I just want to pause right now and say, Holy Spirit, protect us from that. I want nothing to do with that. 
Your dreams can only be as healthy as your level of wholehearted surrender to the Lord. Intimacy and communion with God. Our dreams must come from a place of abiding worship. They have to. So that's how we filter our dreams. There's the sanctified and the unsanctified. And now I want to say to you in this room, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Do you believe that? It's hard to believe sometimes, but you are. You were created for a time such as this. It's no accident that you're alive on this day. And if you're still alive, he's got purpose and plans for you. You were not born a blank slate. God created you with very specific purposes and passions. He gave you specific giftings as well. And as we take this new land, he wants to use you. He wants to use you now, and he has been using you. I just think he's doing a new thing, and I'm excited about that. So dream big about how God might use you. I've actually got some homework for y'all if you'd be willing. You're not going to be graded. I mean, maybe by God. <laughs> um, just kidding. It's a joke. Um, what I would like for us to do is this week, leading up to this sacrificial giving we're doing on Sunday, would y'all start to talk to the Lord about this and just ask him, hey, what do you want to use me for? What dreams do you have for me? Ask the Holy Spirit to weed out the unsanctified stuff and just see how God might use you. And like, I'd like to see us write those down, bring them next week, and with your money, like drop those in the box too. Those God-ordained dreams. Drop those in the box. Give those over to him. So God gives you the dream. He gives you the vision. What next? Any guesses? What do we do once he tells us what to do? Yes, we obey. That's not our favorite word. It's not my favorite word. We don't sing songs like obey, yeah. You know, like we don't, that's not <laughs> something we do. And maybe we should, I don't know. Um, but it's so, so important that we obey. Like, we don't want to waste the visions and the dreams that God gives us in disobedience. It'll never come to, come to pass. The Lord um, drew me to the wedding at Cana for this. Y'all know the story, right? Jesus and the disciples and Mary are all invited to a wedding. Um, and uh, I'm going to pick up in John 2, 6 through 10. Now there were six stone water jars there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. When the master of the feast tasted the water, now became wine and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. The master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, everyone serves the good wine first, and when people have drunk freely, then the, then the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. Where do you see yourself in this story? I'm just going to give you 30 seconds. Where are you at in this story? Which character are you? First time ever this week, the Lord was like, you're the servant. 
I never paid any attention to those servants at all. So I'm going to read it again, and I want you all to view it through the eyes of the servant. I'm actually just going to start um, at verse 7. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. When the master of the feast tasted the water, now become wine, and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Y'all see that? The servants were in his presence. They obeyed him. And they got to know about the miracle before anybody else did. Guests at the party had no idea what was going on. They're like, man, this is some great wine. The servants knew what had happened. I actually like the message translation in this one as well. This is John uh, 2, 7 through 8. Jesus ordered the servants, fill the pots with water. And they filled them to the brim. Now fill your pitchers and take them to the host. Jesus said, and they did. If that isn't such a great picture of obedience... Say it with me. Jesus said, and they did. Jesus said, and they did. That's obedience. He says it, we do it. We like to complicate that. I like to complicate that and say, well, maybe he said it and maybe he didn't. You know when the Lord speaks. You know when he says, do it. I know I'm a broken record this morning, and I will not apologize for it but it's all about staying in his presence. Like I can't get away from it. They were near him. They obeyed him and they saw the miracle first. Guys, that's where we're at as a church. We are positioned. We are invited into this wedding. We're positioned to be servants. We're positioned to obey and watch the miracle happen. I mean, that's beautiful. I also hear in that that the pressure's off. Like our part is pretty simple. We just do what he says. He's the one that's going to do the miracle. The servants had nothing to do with like the actual turning of the water to the wine. That was all Jesus. But they got to serve the wine. Let that sink in. They got to serve the wine. That's what we're being called into. I have this quote from C.S. Lewis in here. I love C.S. Lewis. Do y'all love C.S. Lewis? Cool, we can still be friends. Um, To have faith in Christ means, of course, trying to do all that he says. There would be no sense in saying you trusted a person if you would not take his advice. Thus, if you have really handed yourself over to him, it must follow that you are trying to obey him, but trying in a new way a less worried way, not doing these things in order to be saved, but because he has begun to save you already, not hoping to get to heaven as a reward for your actions, but inevitably waiting to act in a certain way because a first faint gleam of heaven is already inside of you. That dude knows how to write. Amen. Okay, so we sit in his presence, we sit at his feet, we get the vision, we get the dream, we obey, right? Seems pretty straightforward. It's not always easy. It's simple. It's not easy. Um, so I've done some of that this week. I felt like it would be a good idea for the person bringing the message to actually practice this. Um, 
So I did some dreaming this week. And out of obedience, I'm going to share that with y'all. He gave me this picture of a new vineyard. And in my mind, that's the new land we're getting ready to take. And as he showed me that picture, I heard him say in that still small voice, a new vineyard always produces new wine. And that just floored me all. I was like, oh, this is big. Uh, uh, Isaiah 43, 18 through 19. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and in rivers in the desert. Again, I like the message translation. It just helps me understand. Be alert. Be present. I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? There it is. I'm making a road through the desert, rivers in the badlands. I don't have a lot of clarity about what the Lord's going to do in my life as we take this new territory. He hasn't shown me like real specific things. But I know he's going to do a new thing. I feel very certain about that. And it's springing forth now. And I want to see it. Don't you want to see it? With a new vineyard comes new wine. New wine also needs a new wineskin. Because the old won't do. It'll just ruin the new wine. Mark 2, verse 22. And no one puts new wine into an old wineskins. If he does, the wine will burst the skins. And the wine is destroyed, and so are the skins. But new wine is for fresh wineskins. So that, he, he's, he says that in a season of like arguing with the Pharisees a lot about stuff. The Pharisees couldn't recognize Jesus as the Messiah because they were trying to put him in an old wineskin. He wouldn't fit and they didn't like it. So they killed him instead. Jesus, protect us from that. Is it possible that we too could miss out on God wants to do? Because what he, was, what he wants to do doesn't fit into the box that we've put God in. Is there a chance of that? I know there is for me because I'm scared if I'm being honest. We cannot build a box around God and then expect him to contort his will to fit inside that box. It won't work and we'll be left frustrated and confused so I give you permission this morning, smash the boxes. There's some boxes over there. Those are the churches or the schools. Don't smash those because we'll get in trouble. But like these boxes that you've tried, that we put God in, tear them down, tear them down. Let the Holy Spirit reveal that to you. Tear them down because he is doing a new thing and it's bigger than we can imagine and it's better than we can imagine. A really sweet, great adventure. And I know it's going to be good. And he'll show us everything we need to see. And what he is doing is just way too big for the old wineskins. It just is, y'all. Like, I feel so confident in that. What I hope happens as we take that property is like revival. Like a new sense of abiding worship. Uh, I hope there's a massive returning to God, to Jesus. I hope that we minister to the poor and broken while we're there. Like, I, who knows? So, 
I'm going to read this. This is Ephesians 3, 20 through 21. We all know it, but let it sink down deep. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. What's it saying? It's saying God can do anything. Why do we try to limit God? Why do I do that? Why do I try to make him fit my wants and my needs and my desires when he's got something way better? I'm constantly wrestling with that question, y'all. And I invite you to do the same thing. God, not my will, but yours. So I want to say this. We can never out-imagine or out-pray God. He is able to do more always. So because that's true, we have permission to ask big, crazy, bold things. We get to smash those boxes and toss away the old wineskins. We let God be God in all of his bigness and majesty. And where, and where there's mystery, where we don't quite understand, we worship. We don't try to figure it out. We don't pick it apart. We just worship and trust. We let God be God in all of his bigness and majesty. And we just sit in his presence and we obey as he reveals his will. That's all I have written down this morning. But can I just say to y'all, this is worth getting excited about. We've been in this gym seven years. Any of the setup and teardown crew knows this has been a challenge, not to mention the fluorescent lighting. Ugh. But the Lord has done amazing things in this place. I will never discount the years spent here. It was a miracle when we got permission to meet here. I remember that because we didn't know we were going to get in. We spent a while meeting in a living room, and now we're here. And now out of nowhere, we get a property. And so, like, I just want to say to y'all, it's a, you have permission to get, like, pumped. Get excited about this. And, guys, it's not about the building or the land necessarily. It's about the people. It's about the people. Like, that is a whole community that we get to love on and serve and minister to. And we just have no idea what the Lord's going to do. We know it's going to be good. We know it's going to be bigger than we could ask, think, or imagine. And we get to participate. That's amazing. I love that. I love that he invites us in. And then so you have permission to get excited, to dream big. Also, I'm begging you guys, like, pray. Pray like crazy. Pray like your life depends on it, because it does. Pray like he might answer it. What, what a ridiculous thought, right? He might answer our prayers. Come on. He's the God who answers prayers. So I just want to spur us on to get excited. Let's, let's not be passive about this. You know? The enemy's not passive. 
He, he's trying to still kill and destroy. He's trying to, those seeds of hope we talked about, he's trying to snuff those out. And so we press in with worship and prayer and an abiding presence. And we just wait and see what the Lord does. So as I said earlier, Jake's and Franklin um, speaking at Grace Chapel there. I just want to focus on this idea for a second about joy being contagious. So, you know, Grace Chapel, Franklin decided they wanted to be a part of this. And so he's, they're taking up a sacrificial offering for us, which is kind of wild to think about. Like they didn't, we didn't ask them to do that. It's just, they saw the joy that we were receiving, receiving this land and it built their joy up and they wanted to get involved. And so I just want to remind you this joy thing. It's, it's not a selfish thing. This is about others. I mean, we need joy in our lives to, to carry on. But when we get that joy, we give it to others. It's this, it's a cycle. We get it. We receive it. We give it. That's all I have. I'm going to pray. Um, and then we're going to get out of here. And guys, just remember, write those things down. Write down what the Lord reveals to you. Yeah, Lord, as we prepare, Jesus, just to take this new land and property and walk into this new season, this new vineyard, I just pray that we'd all be filled with your joy. Lord, right now, would you fill us? Oh, that we'd just sit in your presence that we would dream big dreams. Lord, and that we'd be faithful to obey you. And Lord, from that, we'd be able to enjoy the new wine. Lord, we'd get to serve the new wine. Lord, that we'd get to see your kingdom advanced on the earth and lives changed, people healed. It all starts with your presence, Lord. Oh, we love you, Jesus, and all this is only possible through you, Lord. We give you glory and honor, King Jesus. Amen? So, if you come here next week, we will not be here. We'll be at the Lord's Chapel. Um, bring your money. Like, do that. It's important. We need some money. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> just saying. <laughs> um, What's that? Amen. Amen. Yeah, that's good. Thank you. So, what he said. <laughs> Bring your money. Like, do that. That's between you and God. That's, that's exactly what we just talked about. Bring those God-ordained dreams and gifts and passions Two, lay those at the altar, two, and just watch what he does. All right? Love you guys. Be praying. All right? All right. We'll see you next week.